Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks, everybody, with me, your host, Aaron Mashbitz, a.k.a. Jackson Stone. This is episode 112 of Jackson Talks, everybody, and it's a very, very important episode. So like I said, this is episode 112 of Jackson Talks, everybody, and every year, at least since I've been doing this podcast, two episodes each year are the most important episodes that I do. One comes out in May, and the other comes out in September. Today is August 16th, 2022. When you were listening to this, it is September, and there's a reason for that. So the first podcast that I drop in May <clears throat> is important for a, a couple of reasons. One, May 1st is my sister's birthday. For those that do not know, she passed away in September of 2018. She died by suicide. That's why I started You Are Loved. More information on that in a sec. But her birthday is May 1st, 1990. And May also happens to be Mental Health Awareness Month. So I do an episode encompassing both of those things. Why May is important for me for numerous, for numerous reasons. I talk about and share stories about my beautiful, fantastic, amazing big sister Rachel and her birthday being on May 1st and then the rest of the month doing mental health awareness stuff for that month but really I do mental health awareness treatment support care all year round through my nonprofit which is You Are Loved which was started out of my sister Rachel's story so that comes out in May of every year and then the second most important episode that I do every year comes out in September. And I usually record it a few weeks before September to make sure I have enough bandwidth and energy to talk about the things that I'm going to talk about. Like I said, my sister died by suicide in September of 2018. So September is a very important month for two reasons as well. One, because September is Suicide Prevention Month, National Suicide Prevention Month. And September 3rd is the day my sister passed away. So you look at May, her birthday, and Mental Health Awareness Month. You look at September um, is the month she passed away, and it's Suicide Prevention Month. So to May and September being very heavy months for me, um, heavy in a way that I, I do a lot of work in those specific months. Like I said, I do work 12 months out of the year on mental health. It is my mission and my purpose to and mental suffering, and I do that through multiple domains and channels and businesses in my life, one of them being You Are Loved. And so there's events and things that are happening throughout May, and then same thing in September. And in September, um, we have our second You Are Loved event. So when you're listening to this, if you're listening on the day it drops, which will be September 6, 2022, you'll have a few more weeks to grab some tickets, tell friends, donate, share us on social media that You Are Loved is having its second event, which is on September 29th, 2022 at Tequila Delicious in Uptown Dallas. So if you're in the DFW area and you listen to this podcast or you follow me on social or you follow You Are Loved, come support. It's called An Evening of Love with Friends. It'll just be a place to share love, share stories, have conversations, poetry, live music. There'll be some merchandise available. There'll be some stations. Just a cap, a really nice cap off to the end of September to um, 
to show some love, to share some love, to be about love, to get us through the rest of the year and to hopefully raise some funds to continue doing the work we are doing at You Are Love to end mental suffering, to give people access to care and treatment, to give hope, to give love, um, to really give people the help and support that they deserve when they're going through any sort of mental health condition. So that's why May is important. That's why Saturday's, uh, September is important. And I'll have a few more episodes in September that are based around this stuff. I mean, this podcast, the underlying theme of this podcast is answering the question, how are you doing? Like for real, for real, which is a basis in our mental health. Our mental health is how we think, feel, and act. And that's really what this podcast encompasses. And I know that this podcast is still called Jackson Talks Everybody based off my professional wrestling name, which was Jackson Stone. But now I introduce myself as Aaron Mashbitz because this is a very real podcast. Everything I say is personal and it means something to me. And the guests I have on are very important and the conversations we're having are very important. I learn from them. Hopefully you learn from them. Um, but I just really like the name Jackson Talks Everybody. I, I, I took a lot of time and energy and attention to build up the name Jackson Stone. I think it's still cool to have an alter ego or a second name, but really all these things are meshed. All of these things are one. Everything I share on here is coming from my heart, from an open mind, from a place of love. I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out just like anyone else. I'm willing to learn and grow and evolve and adapt and change based on things that I learn, based on people that I meet and experiences that I have. And I think that's the beauty of this podcast. You are loved and this podcast are the most important things that I do and I care about them deeply. That's why I put so much time, energy and attention into those things. And so if you wanna support You Are Loved, go to youarelovelife.com, buy some merch, hit the donation tab. If you wanna support Jackson Talks, everybody, become a supporter or a subscriber on Patreon for as low as $1 a month. And both of those things are interconnected. We talk about a lot of these things on here. We go into deep dives on a lot of stuff on this podcast to help our mental health, to be more proactive with our mental health. And that's kind of what we're gonna discuss a little bit today. So September again is Suicide Prevention Month, specifically, National Suicide Prevention Week in 2022 is Sunday, September 4th through Saturday, September 10th. So there's going to be a lot of stuff on social media being shared that week. I encourage you to take uh, part in some of those resources, in some of those webinars, and some of those events, and gain as much knowledge about this complicated and hard topic of suicide as much as you can throughout that week and throughout that month, and then move forward with that for the rest of your life so you can help yourself and you can help the people around you more often and better. So I'm gonna give you some stats, then we're gonna talk about some signs and things like that, things we can do actively um, to help with this very serious thing, which is suicide. So here are some stats, some key facts. 79% of all people who die by suicide are male. Although more women than men attempt suicide, men are nearly four times more likely to die by suicide. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34 and the 12th leading cause of death, death overall in the, U in the U.S. The overall 
suicide rate in the U.S. has increased by 35% since 1999. 46% of people who die by suicide had a diagnosed mental health condition. While nearly half of individuals who die by suicide have diagnosed have a diagnosed mental health condition, research shows that 90% may experience a symptom of mental health condition. Okay. Community of impact. Annual prevalence of serious thoughts of suicide by U.S. demographic group. 4.9% of all adults, 11.3% of young adults aged 18 through 25, 18.8% of high school students, 45% of lesbian, gay, and bisexual high school students. The highest rate of suicide in the U.S. are among American Indian, Alaska, Alaska Native, and non-Hispanic white communities. Lesbian, gay, and bisexual youth are four times more likely to, at- to attempt suicide than straight youth. Transgender adults are nearly nine times more likely to attempt suicide than the general population. Suicide is the leading cause of death for people held in local jails. This, these suicide stats come from NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And I just wanted to share those quickly to give you kind of a spotlight on how serious this is. It's very, very serious. I've been personally impacted by the seriousness of this, of, of this, of this thing. Um, the work I do with You Are Loved brings that to light all of the time. And we just need to do a better job of getting people the help and hope and care that they deserve. We need crisis management resources. We need well-trained people in first aid, mental health first aid, and suicide crisis prevention skills. These things can be trained, they can be learned, and we have to implement these tools to everyone that may be dealing with someone who might be suicidal, who might be having dark thoughts, and that's all of us. Because as peers, friends, family members, colleagues, we are the first line of defense. And the more we show up with kindness, with love, and with these tools, and knowing the warning signs and where to go and how to reach people and where to refer them, where to get help, all of these things that encompass encompass suicide prevention, these are then life-saving skills. And that's not an exaggerated term. They're literally life-saving skills. And we have to be willing to talk about suicide in a way that reduces the stigma around it so we can ask our friends, loved ones, and ourselves potentially direct questions about how we are feeling. And then we can answer in a way of what we need and want in the moment to help us feel the most safe, secure, and loved. So we don't make that ultimate decision, that permanent decision on our life so that we can still live, see the light at the end of the tunnel, and move through these really hard obstacles, challenges, and moments in our life to see ourselves become the best version of ourselves through all of these things. And so one is becoming a society where we are proactive with our mental health. We are no longer waiting until the crisis happens to get treatment, help, hope, or care for our mental health. We are being proactive with our mental health because regardless if you have a a diagnosed mental health condition or not, you have mental health. It's how you think, feel, and act. So it encompasses your everyday. And so if we can become proactive 
with our mental health, which means developing a mental health toolkit, developing habits, developing actions and behaviors around our mental health, our physical health, and our overall well-being that make us feel like the best version of ourselves on the most consistent basis. And we have these habits that we lean on and pick at and choose to do every single day. Then when the crisis does hit, we have a toolbox and a toolkit to pick from because we know that if we stick to our protocols, when we feel our worst, we will eventually feel better because feelings follow behavior. And these things have to be taught and learned. Emotional agility, mental wellness, optimism. Okay, understanding some of these tools, understanding what our number one self-care habit is, understanding what optimism is, gratitude, how really apply some of these mental wellness tools into our life on a day-to-day basis, making them habits, how to understand our emotions, what to do when we're feeling overwhelmed, sad, anxious, all of these things, understanding that feeling a range of emotions is part of the beautiful thing about being human. And how do we teach that to young kids? How do we teach that to adults? How do we teach that to everyone so we can be talking about these things on a regular basis, so we can be proactive with the way we treat our mental health? And when we do reach a crisis or something really terrible happens in our life, which it will because pain is inevitable, setbacks are inevitable, hard things happening in your life that are uncontrollable are inevitable. So how do we teach people how to be able to control the things they can control, their attitude, the effort, their response to the situation? Okay, how do we teach people those things first before the thing happens? Because the thing is eventually gonna happen, it's inevitable, but how do we get ahead of it? How do we be proactive? Again, we can't be proactive with every situation in our life, but we can. Seven habits of highly effective people. Habit number one is be proactive, and that's especially important with our mental health, with our physical health, with our overall well-being. So that's just that. That's just, I wanted just to say that before I specifically get into some of these things about suicide prevention awareness. Okay, I shared you some stats. I'm really telling you to be proactive with your mental health. And that means trying stuff. It has to be a trial and error. You have to go through the list of tools and behaviors and habits and actions. You have to be very honest with yourself about where you are in life and what things you aren't doing, what things you need to stop doing, what things you need to start doing. You have to be honest. You have to write those things down and you have to tackle one thing at a time and go from there. And then you start to develop Start to develop these tools and toolkits and you, and you do them at a consistent basis because you're consistent on your fundamentals of eating, moving, sleeping, and thinking well, and everything else comes from that. And then you compound and aggregate to become the best version of yourself, whatever that looks like for you on a day-to-day basis. Now, here we go. So if you go to suicideispreventable.org, this is the, where I'm getting the information from. Um, it's a beautiful site. They have really a lot of information Um, that you can go to to know the signs, to find the words, and to reach out in terms of a crisis. Because knowing the signs is very important. You know the signs, you find the right words, and then you reach out. It's a three-step process. There's a lot of three-step process. Validate, appreciate, refer. Know the signs, find the words, reach out. Become aware accept, move into action. All three of those things generally mean the same thing. But if we're talking about our own self and our own mental health, we have to first become aware of it, 
then we have to accept that that is, and then we have to move into action. If we're talking about dealing with our friends, family, other people, then we want to know the signs also for ourselves, so then we can find the words and then we can reach out, but it's also for someone else. Know the signs, find the words, reach out. You want to validate their feelings and experiences, appreciate that courage, then refer them to skills and support. And we have to know where to and to go for skills and support, where to reach out, and all those things. That's why when all of these resources are being shared throughout September, you need to be very diligent and persistent and trying to understand as much as you can for your own mental well-being and for those around you because we are in this together. Mental health is a together thing because everyone has mental health and everyone deals with struggle and hardship and pain in their own way, through their own environment, through their own circumstances. But our mental health is deeply infected, affected by those things. And if we can come together in combating this and understanding this and getting to know this and being more aware and accepting and moving into action then we can all be more mentally fit, mentally healthy, and overall more healthy. So you want to know the signs. Okay, you want to recognize the warning signs. So there's a lot of different warning signs. Um, One being, uh, you know, you kind of see, this is more for like older adults, right? Kind of older adults, you see them, putting some of their affairs in order, you see some reckless behavior, um, increased alcohol or drug use, you see changes in sleep, like big changes in sleep. Um, They start to give away some of their possessions. Um, There's a lot of anxiety or agitation, sudden mood changes, a lot of withdrawal, Um, talking about being a burden to others, okay? They're feeling hopeless, desperate, trapped, Um, a lot of uncontrolled anger, um, no sense of purpose, um, and then talking about wanting to die or talking about suicide, right? So those are some of the warning signs in older adults that we can look at and recognize if we're paying attention to the people around us, if we're really listening and caring about what they're saying, then we can see some of these warning signs, not all of the time, right? We can't always see everything, right? Pain isn't always obvious, right? Most of the time, our deepest pains in life are invisible and it can be very hard to tell. But it's even harder to tell if you don't understand the warning signs, if you're not creating real genuine connection with people, if you don't understand them, if you don't know what their best looks like, then you don't understand what maybe um, their worst looks like or what a low looks like for them, then we can't understand the signs and then we don't really know what the words to say because we didn't know the signs, right? So understanding the signs is a good way to become aware. Then once you're aware, you have to accept the situation as is and then you have to move into action. Now, some of the warning signs um, for teens Okay, some of the warning signs for teens, which are some similar to to older adults, um, but a little bit differently, right? They just suddenly have a loss of interest. And they have a loss of interest. They have sudden mood changes. Um, They're giving away belongings. Uh, You know, really hard personality changes, neglect of personal appearance, physical pain, substance abuse, withdrawal, changes in sleep, reckless behavior, Things like that. Those are some of the signs for teens. Um, And then just some general ones for warning signs is is, is failure to take care of yourself. Um, Again, changes in sleep is a big one. 
Um, they're just saying goodbye. They're getting their fares in order. It seems like they're going somewhere. They're planning on going somewhere. Um, depression, long stints of severe depression, right? That feeling of hopelessness, um, neglecting what doctors might be saying, increased substance abuse, really preoccupied with death and being a burden and all of these things, deep withdrawal from life, from friends, from family, from things that they enjoy um, and looking for means to, to self-harm. And so those are some of the signs that that person might be thinking about suicide or may have attempted suicide or maybe planning to attempt or is getting some of their things in order, right? Pain isn't always obvious, but most suicidal people understand that most, okay? This is not a for everyone or everything, right? This is general information about understanding the signs, but most suicidal people show some signs they're thinking about suicide. The signs may appear in conversations, through their actions, or in social media posts. If you observe one or more of these warning signs, especially if the behavior is new, has increased, or seems to be related to a painful event, loss, or change, step in or speak up. And when talking about suicide, it's very important to ask direct questions, to ask direct questions, direct questions, because you're not asking a direct question. You're not putting a thought into that person's brain. You're not putting a thought into that person's brain and asking in a direct way with the words suicide or self-harm. Allow that person to not think that their thoughts are crazy because they think that they're having these abnormal crazy thoughts that no one's ever had before but if you're asking these direct questions it allows them to kind of slow down not make the impulse decision that they could have made and shows them that these thoughts aren't crazy that someone's there someone cares people are there for them they're loved all of those things that are extremely important okay and then you want to find the words are you thinking of ending your life few phrases are difficult to say to a loved one. But when it comes to suicide prevention, none are more important. Here are some ways to get the conversation started. Start the conversation, right? Start the conversation. So before starting the conversation with someone you are concerned about, be prepared. Have a list of crisis resources on hand. Practice what you will say. Plan the conversation for a time when you won't be in a hurry and can spend time with the person. That's very important. When you have this conversation, be willing to sit in the dark with them because they are in the dark right now and they are in the dark what feels like by themselves, alone. And so when you start this conversation, when you're about to have this conversation, be willing to spend time with them. Be willing to sit in the dark with them until it gets better. So you want to mention the signs that prompted you to ask about suicide. This makes it clear that you you are not asking out of the blue and it makes it more difficult for the person to deny that something is bothering them. I've noticed that you've been feeling hopeless a lot lately. Are you thinking of ending your life? Direct questions, using some of the signs. Okay, this is not out of the blue. Okay, and it allows the person to see that you really care and helps them answer the question. Ask directly about suicide. Talking about suicide does not put the idea in someone's head and usually they are relieved. 
asking directly and using the word suicide establishes that you are, that you and the person at risk are talking about the same thing and lets the person know that you're willing to talk about suicide. Just said that right before, but that's directly from the website. And then again, right, the question. So you have build up to it. Are you thinking about ending your life? Are you thinking about suicide? So that's step number one, right? So you know the signs, and then number one is start the conversation. Okay, number two is listen, express concern, and reassure. Okay, that can sound like, I can imagine how tough this must be for you. I understand when you say that you aren't sure you want to live or die, but, you have, always, but have you always wanted to die? Well, maybe there's a chance you won't feel this way forever. How can I help? Listen, express concern, reassure. This really is about validating their feelings and experiences, validating their feelings and experiences, appreciating their courage, and then taking to the next step. Listening, really listening to the person, really listening. Listen to the reason the person has both for living and dying. Validate their cons- <clears throat> that they validate that they are considering both options and underscore that living is an option for them. And I quote, I am deeply concerned about you and I want you to know that help is available to get you through this. Let the person know you care, letting them know that you can take their situation seriously and you are genuinely concerned about them will go a long way in your effort to support them. Create a safety plan. Step number three, create a safety plan. Do you have any, ask the person if they have access to any lethal means, weapons, medications, etc., and help remove them from their vicinity. Another friend, family member, or potentially law enforcement agent may be needed to assist with this. Do not put yourself in danger. Also, right, that's very important. If you're concerned about your own safety, absolutely call 911. That's important. <clears throat> Create a safety plan together. Ask the person what will keep them safe until they meet with a professional. So ask the person what will keep them safe until they meet with a professional. Ask the person if they will refrain from using alcohol and other drugs or agree to have someone monitor their use. And then fourth part of the create a safety plan is get a verbal commitment that the person will not act upon thoughts of suicide until they have met with a professional. So you're just showing them that they care, that you care, that they're loved, that they're valued, and you're asking them to take these little steps forward so they can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel until they meet with a professional that hopefully you have in mind because you've seen the warning signs. Then you, you made a plan, you started the conversation, you listened, you expressed concern, you reassured, you validated, you appreciated, and then you got them safe without any weapons involved, without any lethal weapons involved in the situation. And then you created a safety plan and now have, you have procedures in mind or plans in mind to get them to help from a professional or a facility or whatever the next best step is for them in their journey of mental health. And then four is get help. I understand if it feels awkward to go see a counselor, but there is a phone number we can call to talk to somebody. Maybe that can help. Provide the person with resources you have come prepared with. You can call 988, which is the new National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, or you can text the crisis text line, or you can go to this website, 
or you can um, have on hand some resources that are available to set up an appointment with a therapist or a counselor or a support group or you're willing to have more conversations with them about what they're going through or you're willing to sit down with them and sign them up through a virtual telehelp or you have the resources available to call this to do that something that allows them to see that you really care there's light at the end of the tunnel there's hope and there's help available and that you care for them deeply so again those are kind of the steps right you want to know the signs find the words and then reach out Um, here are some things not to say Here are some things not to say. And I quote, you're not thinking about suicide, are you? Or you're not thinking about suicide, are you? Or you're not thinking about doing something stupid, are you? Don't ask in a way that indicates you want a no answer. You want no for an answer. Fine, if you want to be selfish and kill yourself, then go right ahead, see if I care. Don't tell the person to do it. You may want to shout in frustration or anger, but this can be the most dangerous thing to say. Put your feelings aside. Someone's life is at stake. So understand that the words you choose are paramount to this person either living or dying. So you're not thinking about, oh, the situation's not that bad. It wouldn't be that bad for me. It doesn't matter what you think. If you really care about this person, you're going to be there for them when they need you most. And you're going to say validating and appreciating things that make them feel comfort, make them feel warm, make them feel loved. Not this other way around. Okay? Not this other way around. The words you say matter, especially in the most important critical moments of someone's life. So take responsibility for that. Take responsibility for that and find the right words because there is the right words for the situation and the intention has to be love, care, hope, empathy, understanding. doesn't matter what you think about the situation, about mental health. It's irregardless. This person's life is at stake and the words you say have a deep impact because they're already feeling like life isn't worth living anymore. And we, and we need to be there for them, to hold them, to care for them, to love them, to make sure that they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, that it does get better, that there is help available, that there is hope available. And you've come prepared for that situation by understanding these things that you're doing for this person. And again, don't say, don't worry, I won't tell anyone your secret is safe with me. Don't promise secrecy. The person may say they don't want you to tell anyone that they are suicidal. Say this instead. I care about you too much to keep a secret like this. You need help and I'm here to help you get it. You may be concerned that they will be upset with you, but someone's life is at risk. It is more important to ensure their safety. It doesn't matter if they are upset with you. Upset with you is better than not alive anymore. So understand that what you're doing is extremely important and understanding the words you say are also important. That's why we have to do our own work when it comes to this stuff. I shared the stats earlier. Suicide is very prevalent and very serious and very pervasive in today's society. And it's about understanding these key roles that our words play, that our actions play, that circumstances, behavior, environment, all of these things play a role into people having these really dark thoughts 
these people attempting suicide or even going through with it. So we can be that first line of defense to show them that there is more to live for, that the world is a better place with them in it. They are cared for, they're loved, they matter so deeply and everything they do matters. And we wanna see them thrive and become that best version of themselves. And we can only do that if we understand these things and do them in the most intense moments of our lives. So then the last part after that would be to reach out, right? You're not alone in helping someone in crisis. There are many resources available to assess, treat, and intervene. Crisis lines, counselors, intervention programs are more available to us as well as the person experiencing the emotional crisis, okay? So again, know the signs, find the words, reach out. Validate, appreciate, refer, accept, or aware, become aware, accept, action. So that's that. I wanted to share that information as there'll be a lot of information, shared webinars, events, social media posts throughout the month of, throughout the month of September, kind of explaining and detailing all of these signs, all of these things about suicide. And we have to be the ones to take action. No, someone else is not going to do it. We have to take it within ourselves to reduce the stigma around mental health and around suicide. And we have to talk about it. We have to talk about our stories. We have to talk about the things we've gone through. We have to genuinely connect with the people around us and create communities of love and support and hope. So when we do go through something like this, we know that we have someone to turn to or someone can turn to us. Because we understand the signs, we understand what to say, we know what not to say, what to say, where to go, where the intervention is, where the resources are, where the support is, because we've done the work for ourselves and our loved ones. That's important. Everything comes down to doing the work. We have to be proactive with our mental health on a day-to-day basis. We have to be proactive with suicide prevention, and we just have to be proactive with the way we go about our life. Because again, bad things will happen. Life will beat you down. There will be pain, challenges, setbacks, things that we don't expect, things that we can't control. And the only way to be able to move through those things in the most healthy way possible is to have a set of tools and habits and behaviors and resources and things that you can lean on that you're proactive about that you've been doing consistently every single day when that thing happens. And that's what I wanna share about that That's what I want to share about that. And I'll leave you with this. The world is absolutely 100% a better place because you are in it. Please stay. Please stay to see your life become the life that you've always imagined. I believe in you. You got this. You matter very deeply. And most importantly, Maybe not most importantly, but just as importantly, you are deeply loved. Thank you for listening. I love you all very much. And September is a very important month for me. And I appreciate you supporting what we're doing at You Are Loved, what I'm doing here on this podcast. And I love you all deeply. I hope this finds you doing well, really, really well. If you're struggling right now, it will get better. It can get better. Please keep giving yourself your best effort. Keep showing up for you. 
you got this, you can do this, you matter deeply, you are loved, and I'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you.